Hey, Dirty Hour listeners. We're back for another episode of The Dirty Hour. All of our episodes can be found on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify. In this podcast, we're going to do a quick review on Arlington, Texas Supercross. So buckle up and join us as we enter the Danger Zone. Welcome back to another episode of the Dirty Hour. That's right, you heard it at the top. We are now entering the danger zone. Danger zone. How do you how do you feel about that? That uh, I, I, we're just going to jump right into this. Uh, Deegan calling a shot and putting us into the danger zone. Everyone, like competition fans, we are now firmly in the danger zone. Um, I wouldn't say firmly. No. Um, I do think he still has competition, but, uh... Well, yeah, it's any race. I mean, we're in the danger zone, but do I think it's a long-term danger zone? Not necessarily, but for I, this week, we're in a solid I danger th- zone. I think this year is. Now with Forkner gone, RIP, um, it, it, yeah, Anstey's killer, but it's literally gonna be Deegan Anstey, first, second, every race from here on out. You like, think so? That kills the championship. Yeah. That legit... Right there, killed the championship. Because, like, I get it. Eh. McAdoo uh, and Hammaker can can throw shots and kind of get a good start and battle up there. But Deegan is the superior one out there, and and the the championship's done. It's it's shot. It's gone. No, I don't necessarily this think whole that. thing. Like I, my lack of give a fuck in the East Coast now is gone. <laughs> Simply with Forkner gone. Now, yes, Forkner was my pick to win the championship. Do I think Deegan's going to be something epic? Yes. But uh, tell me another. Who Who's going to be up there battling for a win with him? I don't know. I think like McAdoo probably has an okay-ish chance. <laughs> so we're riding this whole championship on okay-ish. Chance, yes. Yeah, okay. So that's... Two, so let's just wrap up the <laughs> 250s now. That's done. It's okay, over. Okay, so forfeit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. No, but, uh, but... Yes, okay. So Arlington, Texas made for some great racing. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm happy we didn't have a big giant first turn crash. That, yeah, um, good. I do. I must say I liked the track more than I thought I was going to. It turned out to be nice. The sand section was... Um, it was a more difficult obstacle than I expected it to be because we haven't seen the sand do much this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. And through uh, a qualifying and heat races and whatnot, the, the sand section actually made for some really good racing, different lines, inside, outside. And it didn't happen so much in the heats and the mains, but it definitely in qualifying, riders were having trouble with it. They were going yeah. down in the sand. Um, yeah. And we definitely saw there was, uh, in the heats and the mains, Time gained and time lost there. Like there, it, it definitely uh, was a decision, a decider in how the race went for sure. 
Yeah, and I liked that the sand section was a little bit longer than it has been in the past races, which is why I think it ended up being like a bigger obstacle than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. So that was just super exciting to see. But um, did you, I don't know about you, but I thought the whole shot was in the weirdest place possible. Like, why was it right right in the the middle? It was like in the middle of the turn. And it wasn't even like like parallel to the track it was kind of like catawampus so like i don't know i just didn't like where the whole shot was well that's the issue with the 90 degree turn is that so the whole shot is before at every race the whole shot is before the first jump well you look at the track map and how the track went they take off and they do a slight 90 degree left yeah and like there's a there's a hump right there like oh, the yeah, it's the one that they were, like, wheeling off of, right? Yeah, oh. and so it has to be before that, and it, it, was, it was just weird. It was weird. It was not annoying. That, I mean, honestly, I not like that it. anyone cares about whole shots, really. No. Um, I think more people care about first to the finish line ever since Pulp came out with their fantasy game. Yeah. Uh, more people care about who's first to the finish line than they do a whole shot anymore. Yeah. Um, outdoors is completely different, but for Supercross, that's just the way it is. I, I don't know um, if... Uh, manufacturers or teams come out with maybe some bonuses if they do end up getting a whole shot because whoever gets a whole shot they do say on the broadcast like so-and-so got the whole shot or or gets the ama credited so-and-so with, with the, the whole, whole shot. shot so i don't know if there's bonuses and, and incentives that way and obviously yes you want to get a good start yeah but, but no one really cares about you cause there, there's so many people i get the whole shot and go through the first rhythm section and then they they lose three or four spots in that first turn. Yeah, that's the thing about a whole shot. We see it a lot in the four fifties. Not so much this year, but last year and years before. Uh, there's one name that comes to my mind: Kevin Moran's privateer. Not that great. May not make the main event. But one thing you can count on: his starts are epic. And there was yeah. there was a race. That's fair. I think it was last year. He led the entire first lap. It was like what? You're like who the yeah, fuck he was is this off, guy? Uh, he was holding <laughs> off Chase Sexton. Yeah. And, um, and so it really comes down to if you're killer, it starts. I think being credited for the whole shot is more. It benefits a, a, a lucky privateer more than it does a factory guy. Yeah. But it's all about getting a good start. Yeah, but that was my only qualm with like the track. I honestly really, really liked it. I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going the to. The track so. was cool. I liked that the whoops, you know, it turned... In the beginning of the night, it was from a went from a blitzing standpoint to a jumping was faster. Yeah. But I really liked the line that Cooper Webb started doing late in the race. Yeah. Where the double beforehand. So, like, and this is the thing. It all depends on the rider, the bike setup, and what feels most comfortable. There's people like Tomac who rails the turn, goes over the double, and then just grabs a handful and blitzes through. That's just... He, That's what he does. He mans up and just takes on those whoops. Yeah. Webb is the creative type. He, he's very... The rougher the track, the better. He's more of a technical rider. I like he was doing the double and jumping over the first... The double and over the first whoop and jumping into the whoops, which is pretty cool. I, yeah. I thought that was a pretty cool uh, line. I know... Uh, uh, Justin Hill was the first one to do that in qualifying, and oh, then interesting. Uh, Hills, uh, and then uh, Webb did that in the main event. Yeah, um, I do think it's funny. Um, if any of our listeners also listen to Main Event Moto, how um, Ricky Carmichael said something like, "Oh, you just put like a wall or something in front of the whoops, and then like have the whoops," and that's like literally exactly what they did this round. <laughs> like, it's just crazy to me. Like, Ricky Carmichael's not on Main Event Moto. Wait, you, what? You're talking about Daniel Blair? No. Daniel Blair is main no, event moto. No, there was some, maybe it wasn't main event moto then. It was something else, but it was RC because he was talking about it and he's like one of the announcers. I don't know. It might not be main event moto then, but he was talking about that. Like, I putting, don't know where you're getting your sources <clears throat> from. 
I was listening to it with you. <laughs> so it was, it was Daniel Blair, everyone. It was Daniel Blair. Shout out, DB. Mm, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't think it was Daniel Blair. <laughs> well, okay. I just, I'm just All saying. Right. Anyways, okay. it, it, yeah. I just think it's funny that some somebody who has a name um, said that, and then they ended up doing that. And it was actually made the racing so much more interesting. Yeah, it, it was killer. I, I liked the track. And yeah, it made for some amazing racing. So obviously, like we said at the top, um, we, <laughs> yeah, our, we have our dogs in a podcast room with us. And they're just wound right now. But, yeah, um, shout so out Bear Bear. It, so if you hear any noises, it's, it's them. Um, but yeah, as we said at the top, um, the 250 race uh was great uh forkner uh, we, we we were expecting a forkner deegan battle oh. we saw it in the heat uh in the heat race forkner had work to do forkner went up and and went through the pack and he actually made the pass on deegan and went on to win it it was like yeah. okay so that was a little factor there like deegan kind of let that happen like now uh deegan saw forkner to pass him and yeah take off yeah he was that, gone that's an issue there yeah and then in the main event uh we we figured it was gonna be one two, uh, Deegan started catching Forkner and then obviously that black cloud lightning struck, yeah. And all the stars aligned and um, nasty crash for him. That was bad. It was yeah. You watched it and you literally were like, oh shit. Like, like there are some crashes that we oh see God, each yeah. and every week, every year. We see a certain amount of crashes and we're like, oh yeah, he crashed or whatever. That was a bad one. Yeah, straight to concrete is like gnarly. Yeah, that, I mean, I haven't seen a crash quite like that since Cooper Webb about two years ago when he landed on his back on the concrete. And uh, is that he, when he broke his tailbone? Uh, I don't, I don't know if it was tailbone or like a, had like a Com- like a compression a fracture or something. or something. There was something. He kept racing though. He did, but it's because he didn't break like technically break anything. I think he was like a a, a disc or something like that. But he was yeah. messed up for a while. Yeah. Um. So I mean, all we gotta say that it, like. I'm bummed. I'm I'm really bummed for Forkner because Forkner uh, obviously had the red plate and he had a c- way comfortable points lead over oh, yeah. his other threats of Deegan. Yeah, there was Anstey right there too, but uh, Forkner had Anstey covered all the way. Oh, um, yeah. So it's, it's a real bummer to see that because I really figured, especially after the first race that they did uh, in Detroit, that this was the year. Like, Forkner looked so good. Yeah. Even as... Uh, um, mentality the way he spoke on the podium and the stuff you see uh during the week of him writing and talking and rhino as trainer and and just the mentality that they have um i thought this was a year and well sadly it's not and who know who knows where this takes us now like yeah the 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 ups and downs the roller coaster of emotions that is austin forkner's career oh what I don't know what comes from here because that's obviously, thank God, no, no surgeries, but yeah. now you just play the waiting game. Now yeah. we don't know what that time frame looks like. Will he be back for outdoors? Yeah. Is he even going to, if he can't, will he return mid season outdoors or is this another, we don't see Forkner until 2025 Supercross or is this the last time we see Forkner and he just yeah. moves on and you, you got to think about the amount of injuries and surgeries and he'll be going now. Okay. I say that, and I just had a light bulb go off in my head of him. I was about to say him going on to his eighth season. We have Jordan Smith and RJ Hampshire currently like in their 10th season. Ever. So, yeah. so there is that <laughs> factor, too. Okay, so we might see him back. But, you know, it's just tough. You're like you, Your entire career, you've been known as one of the top guys. Yeah. A race winner and a championship contender. Yeah. And every year, you just get struck down by something. And I... I 
It's a bummer. It really is. I feel for him. I know some people don't like Forkner. I've been a Forkner fan since since he was on Super Minis. And, um, I was a Forkner fan before it was cool. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I had to okay. make fun a little bit. <laughs> okay. Um, but no, I, I feel for him. I feel for him and Mitch Payton and, and the rest of the crew. Yeah. Thank God, you know, they do have uh, McAdoo and Hammaker who... Hammaker surprisingly did well, but we'll, we'll get there. Doing we'll good. get there. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, medical update for him, his head CT was negative and he only has a compression L3, L4. So it's like your lower back, um, like fracture. And then, um, he has a broken scapula. So it's not like, I've been there. Yeah. So it's not like he needs surgery to fix these things. He just needs time. It just kind of depends on like how severe the breaks were and how much time he actually needs. Because if you think about it, you're on a bike, you're up and down a lot. You have a lot of pressure on your lower back, like when you're riding. And so it just, we'll see how that affects how he performs in the future and when he'll be back. So yeah, I, um, I, I don't know what the time frame looks like for the back. I know the scapula, when I broke my scapula in my right shoulder, um, that took a while. I did not need surgery. No. I think it depends on where it broke. Um, see, I broke mine, like, basically, I had to describe, I broke mine in my armpit. And yeah. that there was just a lot of physical therapy and a sling. And I think it was, like, about six weeks uh, till I could get moving normal. But it was longer than that to get me even ready enough to even be on a bike again. It takes, yeah. it takes a minute. And the back, I'm yeah. sure, it takes a while. But also, you know, you look at it this way. It's almost comparable Lachlan Turner, one of our local uh, top riders here, uh-huh. she I think she had almost that same injury, a compressed uh, lower back injury, um, or she had some sort of back injury. She's already back on the bike. Yeah. She, no surgery, wore back brace for a while, and she's already back on the bike. So let's just keep our fingers crossed on this. Yeah. And if we can get Forkner back for outdoors, that's where I think, you know, hopefully we can see him shine again. Yeah. Um, my question for you is if Forkner did not get injured, do you really think Deegan would be a contender for the title? Because um, of Forkner's speed, and you can very obviously see it when he's racing against Deegan, he took off when he passed him. So uh, a, a couple things with that. Um, I've said it in previous podcasts where I was like, you know, I, I'm kind of like a teeter-totter over here. I'm back and forth on the subject of Deegan being a title contender. Okay. Yeah. After this weekend, I am all in. He's going to win the title. That's just bearing an injury. He's, he's winning it. Okay. Uh, granted, he's got some points to come back on. But so before this race, it's hard to say he's a title contender. Like the hype is there. The speed's there. Yeah. It's, yeah. He's got the whole package. Yeah. It just, it was hard to say that because he hasn't even won a race yet. He won the SMX championship in 250s. Yeah, but that wasn't with an actual race win, though. Exactly. Yeah. So it was tough to kind of tell that. Yeah. Well, now here we are. He got the win at Arlington. And now you take Forkner completely out of the picture. He's got it. Now Forkner didn't yeah. crash. Let's say Forkner goes on to win this race. Um, It'd be very hard to then say Deegan's a title cont- Okay, it's really tough because you can say he's a title contender, even even if he got second this weekend and Forkner went on to win. Yeah, it he'd still have the speed of a title contender, and like I would almost put him in, in this specific scenario that he would be a race winner and not a title contender because he 
of round one, he lost so many points. Yeah, I did. And then even if he got second and Forkner won, he's still losing three more points. Yeah. Um, and, so, and and with Forkner visibly showing that he's faster than him, visibly. Yeah. It, it'd be tough to do. But now, take Forkner completely out of the equation. Deegan's got this thing. He he's gonna go win Daytona. And he's going to start stretching. He's, he's now, granted, he, now look at this. Deegan does have to dig himself out of a hole. Yes, he does. Max Ancy does have the red plate right now. He so does, co- yeah. Congrats to Max Ancy, by yeah. the way. Um, That's killer. They did say he was a title contender. And he's been riding well. This weekend wasn't great. He shouldn't have the red plate, by all means. Um, but he, he's, he's being conservative, consistent, yeah. and getting to the finish. And it's kind of just l- happening to him. Um, but Deegan wasn't a big hole, but now after this week, Deegan was only Deegan is only seven points, points back. behind. Yeah, he's in this. He yeah. wins this weekend, even if Anstey gets um gets second, it's still under five points. Then he, he, yeah, Deegan's got this thing. Deegan's got it. Yeah, I don't Anstey like good on you guy. You have your red plate, but I don't think it's gonna last for long. Honestly, um. Even writing this last weekend, you can see that chunk of people that we were talking about last week that were out because of that big crash. They literally got the top three. Like, yeah. except for McAdoo, obviously. He did not, he was not part of that crash, but McAdoo I don't was know. part of the crash. He has Dong out the whole race. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, like, all those guys that were you in that crash are you, in the top three. Yeah. You know, the top four. You look at the top four riders, they were all in that crash. Yeah, and then you look at a five is Pierce Brown, and then six is Max Anstey, and that's exactly what happened, because those top four people were in that crash, and they were so far behind, there's no way they can get back. And here's the thing, you know, like, Max Anstey, I really like the guy. Um, I like his spirit on a bike. He's an older guy on a 250, but I every time they give him the microphone, I get I do get glimpse, like, flashbacks almost, um, of Mooskin. Mara Muskin on the podium, he just never shuts up and just goes on and tells long stories on the podium. But he he seems like a nice guy and a good-spirited uh, racer. But I have a feeling this is going to be the finish order every single week. I think we're yeah, going to see a lot not? of Deegan, McAdoo, Hamaker, and Viel. We're going to see a lot of that. Pierce Brown, he's still... I have no idea how to judge him. I've never been really a big fan of him and uh, like I said last episode he's trash but yet he's pulled together two two fifths in a row and he's second in the standings right now he, again like though, what there, there's a big hole though a big yeah. hole of a big gap of points after round one um because you can't even you can't even say much about the points because Cody Shock is still in, in fourth and Dax Benick, Benick is, is still in three yeah so like, it's kind of like hard like, to judge the points because of that First turn crash took out so many good top riders. Yeah. It's hard to tell. But all I know is we're looking at a, I would say we're looking at a really tight championship. Uh, you look at the points right now. Yes, it's a tight championship. The top nine are all within 11 points, which is super cool. The only thing is that give us a couple weeks into this, like get, get, get to week four. Get to round four of the East Coast. It's going to look so different. Oh, totally. Deegan's going to have this thing wrapped, not wrapped up by round four, but he's, he'll, my prediction is he's going to have almost, he'll have a double digit lead by then. Oh, I don't all think, right. I just think, I don't think Anstey is going to be up there with Deegan every time, especially having a deal with McAdoo and Hammaker. I think they're just going to be, I see Anstey as a three through five guy. 
And yeah. you're, if you lose that many points every time and Deegan's up front winning or second place, you're losing so many points. Yeah. Uh, Deegan's going to go win himself a championship. I think, um, bold prediction here, by week four, mm. um, I think the point standings are going to run as follows. Oh. oh. I think it's going to be Deegan in one, McAdoo two. I think Hammaker is going to be in third, and then Ansi's going to be in fourth. By week four, that's my bold mm. prediction. Let's let's try to mm. Nostradamus this again. I I think if you swap Anstey and Hammaker, Anstey third, Hammaker fourth. Hammaker's got a lot of points to come back on. Um, nah, but you know, hey, you never know. I do like that we have um, Daytona coming up, and Daytona is going to be one of those races that I think Anstey will actually be pretty good at. But yeah. Um, no, so this race, it was a good one, lots of battles, but the the highlight of it all is Forkner going down, and the championship yeah. is over. Yeah, and uh, another of note going down, Jalik Swole. Mm. Um, what that, a, what that was a, a bummer. That was such a bummer. I watched the video, and I was like, he literally just got tapped in just the right way that it totally wrecked his shit. Like, <laughs> oh, hey, I have a quick, I have a quick. Uh, I, I'll, I'll talk about Swole for a second. Can, you, can I give you a, a project really quick? Sure. To look up something. Sure. What the hell happened to Enzo Lopes? Where's he at? I never saw him. No. Oh qualifying. yeah, he was supposed to be back. Yeah, he was supposed. They were all the reports were saying he's back. Uh, I got. I I never even saw him. I don't think he was even in qualifying. I don't even think he was there. I don't know what happened to him. So that's a homework project for you. Um, um, but Jalik Swole, yeah, what a bummer. You know, um, I really like what Triumph is doing. Um, I'm digging the bike. They just got, did a big test ride thing with a lot of industry people. I I don't know. Jalik Swole just, again, found himself at the wrong place at the wrong time. You can almost put Jalik Swole and Forkner in a similar position where they – their whole career now has just been a black cloud. Like they show glimpses of speed and they've got some wins. You know, Julie Swole's got outdoor win and stuff like that. But like they show these glimpses of speed. They can have a good race every now and then, but they just get struck down by some bad luck. And yeah, Julie Swole came together early, early in the race with another rider uh, right before the same section that Forkner went down. And just if, if you guys can ever like look it up on YouTube or Instagram, look, look at that's a funky crash. And he went down. He did report. He is OK. Nothing broken. Just shooken up. He'll be back at Daytona. Yeah. So I'm looking here, guys, for Enzo Lopes. It looks like the team had elected to have him <clears throat> come back this week. But um, at the last minute, they decided that um, they were not going to have him ride. So it looks like he's still recovering from that arm pump surgery that he had. It doesn't seem like he has an actual return date at this time. So he may not even be back next week, but that seems Mm. like why he was not in Arlington. Gotcha. Well, I guess we'll just have to hold our breath and wait to see if we get uh, Enzo Lopes at Daytona. Yeah. That's the only way we can do. Well, all right. Well, let's... uh, let's Oh, wait. Hold on. You got one more? So sorry. No, I just have an honorable mention. Like, he didn't even make the main, but I don't even care. Um, Hardy Munoz... How the fuck did you save yourself twice from like big crashes? If you watched the, was it an LCQ or was it a heat race? Uh, it was LCQ. No, it was heat race. But. Oh, it was heat race. Yes, it was heat he race. He was yes. on that section, right? And with the, the tabletop and whatever. And he endowed a little bit and he almost flicked himself off the bike and then he went through that turn and whoever, I don't remember who he was racing, but it they was, bumped him. It was uh, Brock Poppy. Brock Poppy just totally 
slammed right into him and he went off the track and just went backwards on the loops. Like those are two things that could have gone very south and he totally saved it. So props to you, my guy. Yeah. So that battle was uh, Gage Linsville, uh, Lin, Linville, Brock Poppy and Hardy Munoz. And that was a battle for the final two laps of the heat race, which was very that exciting. Was epic that was so completely epic cool. and i almost feel bad for amanda well uh we were watching it i was watching it we were on our way to an event uh on our way to uh a dinner um and so we were watching it on my phone and she's driving so she didn't get to watch and i'm freaking out in the passenger he's seat like, like oh my god oh my god and i was like what's <laughs> happening and he's like this is crazy and i'm like i can't even watch right now i'm driving yeah, so we had to go back uh, uh on sunday and r- watch the replay of it all but uh yeah it was no that was great and it's actually pretty cool they all ended up making the main event yeah through the through the lcq oh, they nice. all w- went through and made the main event uh gage linville um he was the one that got the ninth place Yep. In the um, heat race, ended up getting fifteenth in the main. So yes, honorable mention to honestly all three of them. Yeah, the, that uh, was a for great battle. Some great battles, great racing, and even though you didn't make, you had to go to the LCQ. They still advanced to the main. Yeah. So props to you, my guy. Yes. I'm glad you are okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So onto the four fifties. Man. Okay. So let's just back this up. I have to shove my foot in my mouth really quick. So last. Podcast. Oh yeah. I was wrong. You I got were. my stuff all mixed up. Yeah, you did. So I told everyone about Cooper Webb not being good at Arlington. Flip that around. I got that mixed up with Glendale. I I saw something. I thought it said Arlington. No, it said Glendale. Cooper Webb's actually the king of Arlington. And after this weekend, he's won it six times. He's in proved the last it 10 for years. sure. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, no, the king prevails. He wins again. Yeah. Um, what an exciting race for him. And um, we'll get to Jet, but uh, I loved what he did with Vince Freese because everyone's like, "Oh no, it was an accident. He was a lapper." There's no way in hell that Webb saw him and said, "Oh, let me just go around." No, he purposefully shoved Jet to the side of the track right into Freezy. I loved it. And that that's a thing that's like uh people know like, "Okay, Webb's an amazing racer and we all know that." But there's something about Webb that he's not going to beat you with straight up all out speed. He's he doesn't have that Jet and that Sexton and uh, you even look at Justin Cooper and qualifying type speed. Like, yeah. He doesn't have that. And we saw that in Tomac. We'll get to that yeah. in a minute. He does not have that all out drag out speed. But what he does have, well, um, at least in the, not until the last like couple minutes of the race, but <laughs> um, Webb is a very technical writer. And when I say that is the rougher the track, the better. And he just, he just like they call him the shark. When there's blood in the water, watch out because he's coming. Oh, like, yeah. You give him an inch, he'll take a mile. And yeah. No, he's a very, very, I'd say he's one of the smartest writers this sport's ever had. Just methodically planning out his passes and the way he plans his entire race and makes it happen is, is pretty, pretty amazing. And um, yeah, yeah he, that was, that was awesome. So first of all, um, he went out there was riding good and jet just dominated i was like oh boy shocking here we go yeah jet's gone and he just let's look for the battle for the second third fourth you know yeah. whatever yeah jet went down and webb took advantage of it and yeah that move in the whoops it looked like it now granted if freezy wasn't there i think jet would have had him oh i agree 100 percent would have yeah. had him he had the inside line <laughs> but no he uh uh coop Played that perfectly, and uh, two mistakes by Jet yep. knocks the win out and drops him off the podium. He still has a red plate, 
but it does tighten up the championship a bit. He only lost two points. Yeah. Um, but, hey, we've got our second rider with two wins now. Yeah. And it, at the beginning of the season, we're like, oh, man, we just saw Jet do, you know, uh, he, he just went 22-0 and in outdoors. Yeah. Is he going to do it again? Like, yeah. the whole field's in danger. Well, now look at it. We have... What is it? Five, six different winners, and Jet only has two wins. Yeah. And we're seven rounds into this thing. Yeah, it was, you know, I have to admire Cooper Webb because the way he rides is so strategic and so consistent. That's why he can win. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. is absolutely why he can come back from the pack. He takes a, he takes advantage of the chances that are given to him, and that's why he wins. Oh, 100%. So... 100%. Um, no, I just got to give props to him. Um, I do like in his interview, um, on the podium, he said, quote, maybe the pressure has got to jet there end quote. And Mm -hmm. I love that because I do think that jet is feeling the pressure extremely so because he's, is making these mistakes. Those are mistakes that should not have been made. Yeah. If you're a professional writer and you're like, oh yeah, I'm the fastest out there, whatever. And he was all cocky. He's gotten better. Yeah. But, yes, but. I like that Cooper is kind of subtly calling him on his shit. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Jet is fumbling the bag. And granted, this is not the first time this year that he's fumbled it. And, yep. And has gone down in weird situations and whatnot and has given up points. Now, yeah. if he doesn't do those and he still is perfect, he's got a massive lead in points. But he doesn't. He's fall- There's pressure getting to him. Yeah. And the others are taking advantage. And here's the thing. He Jet went through 250s very easily. He dominated. He did have those silly mistakes. Yep. But he was always able to catch up. And something that crossed my mind is like, you're dealing with kids there. Yeah. You're up in the man class now. Like, mm-hmm. they play for keeps. And I, I really thought about that in the heat race when, like, you're dealing with Anderson. Ooh. Like, you're with... I loved that. You're with the big dogs now. Like, we're, we're not just gonna, oh, you're better, we'll let you by. Because oh, it was that way in the 250s. Oh, that's, yeah. you're Jet Lawrence. You're way faster. And they'll just kind of choose an alternate line and let you go. Yeah. No. they we've, this, this 450 class, you got to think, look at all the top names you have in this class. There are some names in this class. Yeah, there is. Big dogs. And this is a big dog only class. Oh, oh. Yeah. Um, one thing about the... Uh, Aggressive riding in the heat race. Yeah. I am curious, is the reason he was so aggressive because it was Anderson? Or is this him being like, I need to step up my game and be a little more aggressive to get wins in the Uh, heat races? So I I think it came down to he's... I think he's wanting to be aggressive in the beginning and get out front. Because what we've seen is when he's out front... Granted, this weekend he was out front and he did make a mistake. Yeah. But when he's out front, he knows how to manage a lead. But when yeah. he's in the battle, when he's with people, that's when it tends to get a little stuffy and he loses time and he 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 has to work a lot harder to get around these guys. Yes, he does. So I think he fights hard in the beginning to get up front, just like any writer should. But we see yeah. a lot out of Jet. To he is really aggressive in the beginning. Um, and also, you got to think, uh, big props to Mookie. In oh, my race. God. Uh, Hell, yeah. It was nice to see some fire come out of Mookie. Yeah. We didn't quite see it in the heat race. He got ninth, which is okay. All right, we're seeing improvements. Or Yeah, in, in, in the main. Yeah. Um, 
he got ninth. It's not great, but it's something. Yeah. But he did go down. He did come back. It just it gets me a little excited for what's to come. You know, yeah. I think it's a, he's a. I think it's obviously a very slow start to the season, but I think we're starting to get a snowball effect here. He's he's starting to gain momentum. Yeah. And we're seeing him more. You know, we weren't the first like two or three rounds. We weren't seeing him at all on the broadcast, not even a little bit. Yeah. And now we're starting to see him. And then this heat race and and it's just a little bit more. I don't know how he's going to do this next week at Daytona. I don't know. I don't think we're going to see much out of him there. I don't think that's really his area. Um, But, you know, at least we're starting to see some momentum. Um, Yeah, I would agree. One thing I want to point out, okay, is this is going to be a massive topic I'm going to talk about it briefly now, but our next podcast this next week before Daytona, this is going to be a massive, massive topic. And maybe we can get a guest in here to talk with us about it. Tomac. Oh, my God. We saw old-fashioned Tomac beast mode right there. Hell in yeah, that we main did. Event, he turned the burners on. At one point, he was in 16th. Yeah. And he came all the way back, and he went down. He, he had issues. Yeah. And then he, that was... Honestly, that was almost like a, a sense of deja vu for a bit, watching him do what he was doing. I think this is... Yeah, okay, now, he got second, which really should be a third if, if Jet doesn't go down and all that stuff. Regardless, I said this last week. If Tomac gets on the podium this week, watch out next week for Daytona because momentum. Yeah. Tomac is the king, the absolute king of Daytona. And I'm pretty sure there's a streak going on. I think it's... Five years, four years, whatever it is, amount of years in a row. Tomac is a beast at Daytona, and now that he got a podium, let alone a second, but it wasn't. It wasn't a. He got a good start and rode to a podium like we've seen in the past. This was a hard-fought podium. Yeah, it was. If there's a couple more laps, I think he gets Webb. I I truly. Think I would he agree does. with that. Yeah. Um. So no, I I I do believe that we're on. Tomac watch now. Is he... The dragon has woken up. Do you officially think he is back after his accident? Because we haven't really seen this ET until now. Do you think he's back? Do you think he's going to get more than just next week? Let me put it this way. The papers are on my desk. The stamp is in my hand. I'm about to stamp the paper saying he's back. I'm I'm about to stamp it. But... I need to see how it goes through Daytona. Uh... Tomac, from Daytona on, history has shown, Daytona on, Tomac is an absolute menace. Animal, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. He, he's always been, other than his, uh, other than last year, yeah, granted, he hurt his Achilles at the very last round, uh, which he should have won that championship, but Tomac is a very slow starter to the points and, and races and stuff like that. Yeah. Once Daytona comes on, from Daytona to the rest of the season, Tomac is an absolute animal. And what we saw this weekend... Uh, leading into Daytona and momentum and all that. Oh boy, I'd watch out. And I, I, if he gets, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm almost ready to stamp that he's a hundred percent back. I, I, and the way he showed attitude up on the podium. Oh yeah. Kind of barking back at everyone, saying like, you know, I'm tired of being called the old guy. Old and guy, stuff. yeah, yep. Oh yeah, I, I love the fire that I'm seeing out of Tomac. Yeah. Tomac doesn't give the p- reporters anything. 
He doesn't post on Instagram. He doesn't get nope. sneak peeks to anything. He's very bland, very vanilla on the on the podiums and post race conferences and stuff like that. This was kind of spicy for him. This w- uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So I think Tomac is he he's almost there. He's almost there. And, and I would put it this way: I think he could. The rest of the crew or the the teams and all that stuff, all the rest of the riders could be in trouble. Now, granted, he's thirteen points back, but you get a win at Daytona. It drops it into 10, possibly even single digits, and now we're in it. Yeah. No, he, he's not that far back, and if he performs well in the next like several races, he might actually be competing with Jet to get the series win, which would be a hell of a battle. This is exactly what I was saying a couple podcasts ago. I want to see the old blood and the new blood, like, duke it out i think it would be super interesting i think it would be enlightening for jet i do think it would make him a better writer if he actually had to contend with et for the title mm-hmm. um i think et's back that push man there was that a was fire amazing. there was a fire lit underneath his ass for sure and he, he was hauling ass hauled ass yeah that was making smart that moves was, uh, truly like, amazing truly the whole amazing. the whole nine he just he looked good. He looked like old ET, and that's that's why I think he's back. I'm gonna, I stamp. You're I fully, stamped it. Fully stamped. Fully huh? stamped. Okay. Yep. No, I I I like where you're going there. Um, I I'm excited to watch Daytona. I'm gonna. Hey, everyone, listening to this, get your popcorn ready because Daytona is gonna be exciting. Because let me yeah. let me put in perspective here. Yeah. Okay? So, Tomac is just like we said. He's the king of Daytona. Absolute king of it. Going into this race. Webb is very sneaky. He's sneaky good. Yeah. He, he's, he's been close to a win and almost dethroning Tomac. He's been close. Jet, amazing at outdoors. Yeah. Obviously, he went 22 and uh, or twenty-two for 22 and yeah. outdoors. So he's amazing. Aaron Plessinger has shown some fight at Daytona. Yep. But this is by far the best start of a year he's ever had. Ever, yeah. And he's showing great starts, great speed. He'll be up there. Um, and then Anderson does get froggy at Daytona too. I think Daytona is going to be the race of the year, and I will officially right now stamp that. The race I of the year. I will stamp that. Yeah, I do think that uh, Ferrandis he had uh, he went down in the uh, main event and ended up taking a DNF. He's going to come back hungry. He's an outdoor champion, and I think he'll be good. He's obviously loving that Honda. Ken Roxon's good there, and Hunter Lawrence is a better outdoor rider than he is Supercross rider. Yeah. And we're going to Daytona. I'm telling you, like, yeah. you look at the top 10 in points, okay? The entire top 10. Yeah. I can make an argument. Okay, let me put this top nine, because I don't believe Justin Cooper can win. Yeah. But I can make an argument for the top nine riders in points right now. That are spread from 49 points back. I can make an argument that any one of them could win Daytona next week. So, yeah. very excited. But yeah. Arlington shook up the points. It, it really shook up the points. So, yeah, right now, did. we are top four. Top four are within eight points. Which is great. I'm just, I'm, I'm bummed a bit. A little, a skosh of bummed. Um, Smidgen. I'm calling Ken Roxon's officially out. Um, I would have to agree with that. 19 points back. Yeah. We saw the glimmer of it last week. I know. It was like so bright and shiny and it was right there. And then he went down in the main 
Yeah. Again. Yeah. For and like the third, fourth time this season, and it makes me sad. Yeah. I love Ken Roxon. And so we're looking at, you know, 19 <sighs> points back. He's out of the championship. That's done. And yeah. Jason Anderson, I'd almost, I'm calling him out as well. 17 points back. The only yeah. person, the furthest person out of Jet right now in points is Eli Tomac, who I think could could make a fight to win the championship. So for me, it's down to five guys. Yeah, uh, And that's I would a 13-point gap, and that's still a lot. Even at Chase Sexton at eight is doable, but Chase Sexton, that hand injury... Is like lingering. It's not looking good, and I don't no. think Daytona's going to be even any better because Daytona's a, a long track, and it's going to yeah. get... That's that natural grass dirt out there. Yep. And it's going to get ruddy and nasty, and that's kind of why I really like Webb backing it up. But yeah. we'll get to that then in the next podcast. But Chase Sexton, that hand injury is really bumming me out and i yeah. i almost think this right here okay i think he's gonna nurse this hand hand injury uh ride salvage points and just hope that what happened last year happens this year and it kind of co- goes his way if he does not back up his championship this year i don't think it's an it, it, as much of an issue there hasn't been a rider to back up like go back to back championships since ryan dungey did it and then since before him, it's been a long time. Yeah. So I don't think there's much pressure on him to back it up. Like, I don't think he's worried about backing up. Like, I have to do this and all that stuff. I think what he's all about is I'm going to get through, get SMX points. Because yeah. that's what really matters. Yeah, it does. And I think he's just going to cruise this thing in. I, I, I don't think he's going to battle for the championship, even though Sexton's my guy. Um, yeah. I, I think what I'm we're gonna start seeing here. You is, got a lot of guys. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I got a guy for a guy and a guy. Yeah. He has got lots of guys. I'm a big fan, man. I'm a big fan. Um But you're thinking he's like thinking long term versus short term. I think he's thinking long term and here's the thing. I, I think what he wants to do is, is cruise us in, finish out this supercross season and come in like I think he wants to start outdoor training a little early. Come in hot. I think he wants to be the guy to finally defeat Jet Lawrence. Now, granted, if Tomek is back or not, who knows? Yeah. And Plessinger's off to a great start. Who knows what that's going to look like in outdoors? But yeah. I just don't... With this hand injury, Sexton has not looked good since he got it. Uh, I know it's only been two races, but it's been three weeks. Not looking good, and I don't expect it to get any better at Daytona. Um, I just... I, 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 I'm almost, in a way, I think Tomek has a better shot of winning this championship than Chase does and Tomac's five points behind him. I just think that hand injury is just ruining it. And he, I think Chase has his eyes and a, a little bit, or the team does, has it set on being the first person to defeat Jet at outdoors. You know, I, I like that train of thought. Definitely, I think Jet needs to be like knocked down a peg a little bit in outdoors. Don't get me wrong. He's really fast. But I don't know. I feel like Chase took a really quiet six this week. Didn't, very quiet. Very, like, no, not on the broadcast. They didn't talk about him, like, nothing. Um, but no mistakes. He didn't go down, and he took a quiet sixth. Do I think he may be feeling better, but he's taking it really easy. He took it really easy this week, so he can come back with a vengeance at Daytona because Daytona's a big race. Pe- the people like Daytona, and he wants to perform for the people. He likes the people. He loves the fans. So, like, he used to be like Jet. He used to be like, yeah, the people's favorite, whatever. Um, I think he's going to come back at Daytona. I think, I hope that he's back, and I hope that he freaking kicks some ass because it's going to make that race so exciting, especially with all of these people that we think are going to do well. Oh, I mean, I hope so. Obviously, Sexton is one of my guys. I, I hope he comes back and gets it. But 
Um, it'll, it'll be tough um, going into Daytona on what injuries look like. And obviously, we'll keep you guys updated yep. at our next podcast on like what, what really... What is going to happen um, injury-wise throughout the week? Yeah. But, um, you never Ar- really Arlington know. It was a fun round. It was. It was It was a lot more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be. And uh, Forkner, I hope you get better soon, bud. And yep. uh, let's bring on Daytona. I'm down. I'm ready. That's about it. Well, yep. um, all right, guys. That's it for this week. Arlington, amazing round. Great racing. Um, all right. Well, we hope you guys have a great week. We are hopefully going to have our next podcast out uh, for a Daytona uh, preview. Let's say uh, Thursday night. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll see. Thursday, we'll see. Friday. We'll be in there. Thursday or Friday. It, yeah. It'll be out there before the weekend. So yeah. um, thank you all for listening. It, it's pretty cool. Um, just a quick moment. This has nothing to do with racing or anything like that. But just on our side of things, it, it is pretty cool to... Um, watch every single week as our podcasts grow and our listeners grow it is really cool to see that we can see where you guys are from not like your address or anything like that but we can see like what state and country and stuff like what region you're from it's pretty cool we got listeners in in four different countries and like 12 different states across the united states which is um that's just awesome i'm like i have a huge smile on my face right now and this is only episode number 13 yeah we have so much growing room to go we have uh, Amanda and I talk about this all the time, what our plans are for this podcast and how far we want to go with this thing. Yeah. And um, we're, we're going to try and make some moves. We're going to keep this thing going. And um, obviously, we want to keep this going, not only for you guys, but for us. We we truly enjoy doing this. Yeah. And uh, we have some some plans we're working on for 2025 for this uh, podcast that go even further in depth on yeah. on what we can do as a podcast and as a source, a media outlet for you guys in this racing industry. So uh, obviously we can't do this without you guys supporting us and wanting us, watching you guys download and like and subscribe and just watching all these new listeners pop up makes us want to do this even more and we couldn't do it without you guys. Yeah, so thank you guys so much for that. We, it's, we do it for us, yes, but we do it for you too. Like We just appreciate the heck out of everybody that listens and downloads and... Oh, yeah. Well, um, all right, guys. Yeah. Well, we'll catch you later this week. Uh, Have a great week and uh, stay tuned. We got some big stuff coming. See you guys.